Welcome back to another episode of Shore Stories. I'm your host, as usual, Chris B. This week's episode, I got to sit down with one of my best friends, longtime friend, Mr. Scott Lilliston, also known in some circles as Meet and or Team. And we dive into a bunch of topics, 71 minutes worth. So I'm going to need to have him back in the future so we can finish our stories. But in this episode, we talk about sports and how it was a centerpiece of our childhood, whether or not I actually ate a whole cake at his mom's house in Chancetown, and just what he's up to now. So without further ado, enough of me gabbing. Here's this week's episode of Shore Stories. Mr. Scott Lilliston, welcome to Shore Stories, sir. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, sir. I, uh, it has been a hot minute since we've been able to get together, and I appreciate you spending some time. I know you're busy right now like the rest of us as we're all pretty much locked in our house. Right. 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 So uh, are you staying safe and healthy during the coronavirus pandemic? I am. Uh, I'm. I'm relatively certain that I'm going to be stuck in this house for a while longer and I'm probably going to come out fatter and with a drinking problem. <laughs> yes, like most of us, uh, I'm, the I'm scales. Positive. I'm stay, away, stay away from the scales. Correct. I may, may need the Betty Ford Clinic though, which is... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything in particular you've already recognized as like is going to be what's going to hold you over as we... I mean, what are, you're not even really a week or so into this, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thankfully, I have, you know, a couple of uh, furry creatures running around here to uh, help me out. And uh, I've recently rediscovered, you know, my my love of of video games and my thankfulness uh, for Netflix and the ridiculous garbage that it puts out into the world. So I'm going to assume you've watched the Tiger King. I'm, I'm, I'm one episode in and I literally almost fell out of my chair watching well, the first episode. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I couldn't help myself uh, in watching all of it at once. <laughs> um, and it is absolutely ridiculous. But I'm relatively certain that I want some Tiger King apparel. So, uh, you know, they're, they're doing it. They're doing what, they're, what they set out to do, I guess. Oh, yes. It is uh, is an interesting story. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so tell me. Because I don't know this, and I, I'm generally leading this uh, the podcast off for all my guests with kind of the same question: how How is it that um, Mom, Dad, Uncle Greg, Captain Falsky, why Why is it Deep Creek? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a great question. Um, I, my family on both sides really sort of settled there. Uh, my and, and both sides of my family have been on the Eastern shore, uh, for a really, really long time on the Eastern shore of Virginia. And, uh, a long time ago when my, uh, my mom's dad, Captain Foskey, uh, got out of military, uh, he came back from world war two and, uh, you know, decided he wanted, he met my grandmother and uh, decided he wanted to get into business and ultimately settled, uh, in deep Creek, uh, bought a house, you know, built a house and, and, uh, you know, got a boat and, and built, you know, some places to do business down on the water. And, and that was pretty much that uh, as far as my mom's side goes. Um, my father's side, uh, a lot of relatives lived down there uh, also. And it was just sort of a, a local thing, you know, my boy meets girl. 
uh, out comes Scott. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> funny how that happens. Yeah, just one um, of those things. So I don't know that I knew that or if I ever paid attention. So your grandfather was at World War II. Did he did, did he ever give you any any like good stories about being over there? Uh, he didn't talk about it a whole lot, to be honest with you. He was an aircraft mechanic. Um, <clears throat> the uh, only real thing he ever talked about uh, at length was where he was when he was made aware that the war had ended. Uh, and he was sitting in the cockpit of an empty uh, B-2 bomber on a runway in Japan uh, when when he found out. <clears throat> and that's really all he ever said about it. I, I, I know it wasn't his demeanor wasn't much to talk about, you know, right. war or anything like that. But, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't even know if he saw, you know, any areas of, of combat or anything like that. But I know that, um, that he was in, you know, Southeast Asia when he was made aware of the fact that the war was over and he was headed back to the U S and back to, back to the Eastern shore. How about that? That's nuts from world war two to the shore. Yeah, so, right. He gets back. Um, where does the crabbing come into play? Um, <clears throat> so his family uh, had been been on the water, you know, on the eastern shore uh, for, for a long time. Right. So mm. um, a lot of in a lot of his um, his family was scattered actually up and down the eastern shore of Virginia. And and several of them were were working on the water as commercial fishermen. So I think it was it was more or less a, and even uh, his family had a a really big store down in Deep Creek um, near the near the, the wharf near you know the the state dock, right? Um, that that was there for a very long time. That was very successful as a big business, uh, you know, seafood business, until it was sort of wiped out by a hurricane. I'm not sure which one. Um, but, but that was even, you know, early on in my grandfather's career down there. So I think that was just an easy, easy transition. Yeah. Yeah. So was that, uh, so that structure was completely wiped out. Now was that like across the street from like where the oyster house is now, where the big Marina building is? Yeah, actually. Um, so it was on the same side of the main street as, um, as the oyster house. It was, okay. it was actually on the other side of where his railway was where he would have that that was sort of eventually what he fell back on was he had a railway um and an adjacent crab house and he could pull boats up on and work on them and for people and and uh and he had his you know crabbing business on the side right uh with you know with his son with greg my uncle and uh that was sort of the way he made ends meet you know he, he was a mechanic by trade um it was easy for him to work on boats and and pull those up and kind of make a living yeah, that makes sense. So now I remember a few times when I I was working, well, I did for a little while with Man Williams, um, and I would see you periodically with your grandfather. How, how long did you go out there and fish crab pots with him? Like when did you start? How old were you? Yeah, that was technically my first quote unquote job. Uh, I I think I started. You know, my my mom really wanted me to have a uh, a, a work ethic, right? So she thought it'd be <laughs> she thought it would be a great idea. <laughs> me to wake up at 5 a.m. or 4 30 a.m. or whatever the hell it was um to uh to go down the creek with my grandfather on the boat uh or my uncle you know whoever would take me right just somebody put me to work <laughs> just get out of the house and get going <laughs> right pretty pretty much uh but i have to be i have to be honest with you if you ever saw me down the creek um uh, on a boat with my grandfather i wasn't really doing a whole lot of working like that that was uh you know most of the time he you know i would 
like fall asleep on the engine box or, you know, go curl up and get some extra Z's in the cabin of the boat or whatever, you know, and he would, he would do the work unless he needed help with something, you know, he'd call me out there. Going down the Creek with my (laughs) uncle was a little bit different. Like he, he uh, went to a different school of management, you know, so he expected my 12 year old behind to be working very hard and for very little money. So, uh, yeah, no, that that was a realization I got too. when I was working with man, I, I think it was the first week and I went with him about three to four days and I don't know that I ever was shown exactly how I was supposed to do anything. And I wonder if he was just doing it as a, like a courtesy to my dad, but so I'd go out there with him. And I think like the first week on Friday or Saturday, we'd be done. And so I was like, well, how much money did I make? And he gave me like 10 bucks or something. I remember thinking to myself, like, that's it. Uh, damn, I was like, why do you do this? <laughs> right, but it, you know, in retrospect, this many years down the road, I appreciate both, you know, both paths I had to take on that on those boats because, yes. you know, there, I realized that in the real world, it's not falling asleep on the engine box and in the cabin of the boat. It's yeah. more or less working your ass off and getting a little, a few dollars at the end of the week. You know. Yeah, I don't know that there's many people who would say their first job was was. Different, like much more unique than that. Like I always think about that, and like, man, uh, it's crazy. Because when I moved down there, it was flourishing still down there. Everybody was a waterman, right. and everybody did all that. And crab house was still up. Um, but yeah, it wasn't long down the road a little bit when I started conch pot, and I was like, damn, I wish I was pulling crab pots out of the bay. Right, you're really working at that point. You know, yeah, not sixty miles there. offshore, yanking sixty pound uh, crab pots <laughs> off the ocean floor, conch right. pots. <clears throat> Hard um, work, but it'll uh, it'll make a man out of you pretty quickly. Yeah, you got that right. So let me ask you this, because I, I I know what I think, and I could be wrong. Do you remember the first time that we met? Yes, as a matter of fact, I do. I was, you know, it's kind of weird. I was, uh, you know, so when we were talking about getting together to do this, I I uh, was kind of torn between, well, do I do I need to like really think back about you know certain topics, or do I need to come up with ideas and things to talk about, or do I just want to like, you know. Ref- you know, remember things as you asked me. Uh, right. And I kind of went with the second option. Uh, hopefully it'll be funnier that way or, or at least more ridiculous. You know, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I actually do. I, I remember the, uh, I remember where we were, what we were doing when you first, um, you know, skipped down the road to, uh, to where we were all kind of hanging out. We were actually playing baseball in my grandparents' yard uh, the yard right next to my grandparents' house on the corner, which was uh, just crazy enough, shaped like a baseball field. If you remember, it was that's right. Yeah, that was kind of the amazing thing of how resourceful we were back then. Is is uh, you know we would find people's yards that were shaped like the particular field we needed to be shaped, uh, and we would just play there. We really didn't give uh, a whole lot of shits about whether or not they liked it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were just rolling up there and having we just that. kind of invaded and, and, and did it because it was shaped the right way. You know, that was, you know, that was the best part. Uh, That's funny. Cause I, I, I t- went back and forth if that was it or it was before, but that's exactly what I have in my memory. And the thing that stands out to me, which makes me laugh now is I remember walking up there. I, I don't remember if I was by myself or, or who I was with, but I do remember either you or Greg asking me if I played baseball. And I hadn't played a solitary second my entire life. Right. And, of course, I was like, yeah, yeah. I hit a few home runs. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then I think one of you asked me if I could catch, like, basically, like, play catcher. Right. And within about 30 seconds, what I remember is my entire lie just going right down the drain. <laughs> 
Well, it was, you know, that's it's probably it's pretty accurate, uh, at least from what I remember. So I, I remember that, you know, from my perspective, seeing another kid in our age bracket, um, you know, just around our age that was willing to, you know, play some sports with us because that's all we had, you know. We, oh, my gosh. Time, that's all there was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was kind of like, uh, oh, my, it's like a gift from God, you know, and I was, I was just like, can you throw a ba- I remember asking you if you could throw a baseball. And uh, you're like, yeah, you could you could throw a baseball for sure. So I was like, all right, we've got teams now. We've you know, we've we've got it good. Because we, you know, we had you know, it's kind of amazing when you think about it. The group of of kids when we were kids down there, um, the number of those kids who actually grew up to play competitive sports in at a high level in high school and even on to college. Um, it's kind of wild, right? I mean, and it's mostly because that's all we had to do, right? We, you know, we didn't yeah. have, I mean, for God's sake, we didn't have cable TV. You couldn't sit inside and, and watch, you know, anything on TV because nothing was on. And, uh, you know, video games came along a little later when we got older, but we were already, you know, sharpening each other up on the basketball court or on the baseball field or wherever. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, you're 100% right about the sports, either playing basketball, playing baseball, playing home run derby with, something wrapped up with a bunch of electrical tape around it using a ball because we couldn't find anything else um so yeah that's that's i remember that now eventually that for me i mean that was probably i look back the start of me even playing baseball at all um right so you pitched and you were pretty good now i don't remember how many times i hit against you i only remember one or two and I remember popping up a ball against you and running the first base and feeling like, dude, I just hit me a home run, like just because I got a piece of it. Well, uh, it, you know, it was, uh, was kind of like that. I mean, uh, on the on the flip side of that, you know, uh, one of our buddies, Chad, who, you know, we grew up with down there um, you know, from the time we could walk, you know, in my in my grandparents backyard. And that was really how I first started playing baseball at all is my grandmother. And my uncle are huge baseball fans. And, uh, you know, they would just pitch the ball to me all hours in the backyard. I mean, when I was just so high that I could walk. Right. Um, you know, in that very same yard where, you know, we met, that's, that's, I mean, until the sun went down, they would just pitch the ball to me and, I, you know, I would hit it. And Chad was sort of in that mix too. We were about the same age. And, um, you know, I would pitch to him and he would pitch to me from the time we could even pitch. And by the time we got to be older and playing competitively against each other, I could never strike that dude out. There was no pitch I could throw that he hadn't seen, you know, and everybody would wonder, you know, why is Chad so good? Why, why can Chad hit so well? He's you know? seen all your stuff. In the that was it. I, there were no surprises on, on the mound with Chad. Well, he, would, he would hit me all over the park. It was amazing. That's funny you brought that up because I was going to say, I was going to follow up and say one of the reasons why I felt so good about making contact with the ball you threw is because all Chad did was tell me, you were going to strike me out in three pitches every time we went up to bat. Like, he was just in my ear. So, it felt like a little bit of a victory when I played no. contact on one. I was like, ah, oh, damn, there you go. Yeah, you should listen to that guy, man. He had a total advantage. He had a complete advantage. Yes, he uh, he was good at that. Um, so, we, we played baseball against each other, with each other. Later on, we uh, won the District 8. We'll get in that in a minute. Um, what do you remember about playing soccer together? <laughs> uh <laughs> Soccer, believe it or not, soccer. Um, I loved soccer. I still love soccer. I love. I love watching. I love World Cup. I love all that stuff. And I, w- I was just never built for soccer. <laughs> like that's just. Well, uh, I might disagree with you, but go ahead. We'll, well get into well, that in a second. You know, 
so, you know, God built me as, as, as a big dude, right? So all six foot five and whatever poundage I was at that age, you know, growing up playing youth soccer. Um, but now, you know, I loved it then. And I liked, uh, I liked playing soccer. Uh, I didn't get into soccer, obviously, until yourself and your dad moved to Deep Creek. Like that was a, that was kind of a turning point for me on that. And, I, you know, of course, I'm jumping at any option, any sports option, anything right. that you could do, right? You know, so so when you and your dad were like, oh, yeah, we're going to play on the soccer team, I was like, yep, so am I. <laughs> uh, so, so that was kind of how I even got into it, you know. Um, and I really loved it. I, you know, I, I, I was never faster than anybody, obviously. Um, yeah, I was never uh, the, the most fleet of foot or skilled with my feet, obviously, but but I like playing, you know, I was playing on the right team, you know, because we had, had you and a, you know, a couple of the guys that can, and girls who could really play, and sometimes they would let me touch the ball and I would uh, <laughs> go. <laughs> That's kind of the way it went. I remember a few of those games, especially when you were playing up front with me. Now, I don't remember if this was with the Padres or not. I don't think it was. I felt like we were playing together on Quick Electric. Were you on one of those Quick Electric teams? I, I was. That was the first team that, okay. I, that I played on. So, so right, the Quick Electric team was what the nine to twelve. I think so. Yeah, because I remember the Padres was thirteen to fifteen or whatever. Yep. Right. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, Scott's going to play. You need to let him play up top with me. And he was like, Why? I was like, Because we're going to dominate. And I quickly realized, like, and we Drew Edwards and some of these other guys, you, you kids that were just bigger. A lot of the other kids didn't want no piece of you. <laughs> so it was kind of like following like a fullback through a mm-hmm. hole. You right, would start going sense. down the field and me and you passing back and forth, and they would just get out of the way. I was like, this is great. <laughs> from a strategic perspective. And from now, my recollection, that sounds about right. That so. Padres team we played on, I I was just looking at my newspaper clippings. It was 1990, and that, that Padres team, I would attest, is the best soccer talent ever assembled on one team on the shore. Stacked, huh? I, I don't remember all the people on that team, but I'm sure that's the case. Cause, it uh, was uh, Stephanie Kenyon, Drew Edwards, Lance Nichols, um, Teddy Ames was on that team, yeah. Bradford was on that team. Yeah. Uh, let's see, who else was on that team? Um, I got to shout out uh, Bra- uh, Bradford because he's the only kid I've ever seen score a goal from midfield <laughs> in, a, in a 13-year-old league. <laughs> Yes, that was amazing. <laughs> he was a man-child. He was a man-child on the soccer field. That was, that was, that was a hell of a strike. Wherever uh, Mr. Bradford is, I uh, I applaud him for that. That still sticks out. <laughs> so, um, speaking of baseball, do you were you present, as I try to piece some of this stuff together, were you present the day that I took the wooden bat to the face behind my house in Deep Creek? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, and I have to tell you, this topic came up <clears throat> at my house Uh this past holiday season, either Thanksgiving or Christmas time. Um, yes, I was there not just for the first time that you got hit in the face with a bat, um, but I was also present the second time, which second wasn't time. much longer after that <laughs> at the, at the uh, Ackback Good League Field. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been uh, kind of fortunate to be around when you – Took both shots to the face. Take, take shots to the face. Yeah. So, for the audience listening, uh, just to kind of give you some background, in in my backyard uh, in Deep Creek, we decided to play baseball, but we didn't have a baseball, which was the case a lot of times. So instead, we used a semi-deflated basketball. Uh-huh. We had a giant wooden baseball bat. So I decided to swing axe style 
instead of baseball style. And the bat came back up and smacked me in the face and left <laughs> me with a giant egg on my forehead. Oh, man. Uh, best laid plans. Yeah, we all had bright ideas when we were that age. Yeah, and it wasn't that long after, like you said, that I, I came. Dad told me he, he needed me to pinch hit. I'll never forget it. And I think it was Robbie Marsh that was in front of our dugout swinging the bat. Yes. And he wasn't doing anything wrong. He just wasn't in the batter circle. But I just came running out of there, not paying attention, and took one to the cranium. That one split me open. <laughs> it was within, it was in the same year. I do remember that. It was within the same year. Yep. And I, one of the things I remember from that is I'm laying on the ground. Um, it was my dad and a couple other people. I don't know. But the guy, one guy looked at me and goes, do you have gum in your mouth? I was like, yeah, why? Because I was still chewing it. And every time I chomped down, there was blood, blood splattering oh, no. in my forehead. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. I don't so, remember that. <clears throat> I wasn't playing. Uh, I was – I had just kind of shown up because our game was later. Right. Uh, but I remember when that happened, I, I remember thinking that someone must be dead for all the medical personnel <laughs> who had uh, who had arrived on scene to help you. There were a lot of helpful medical folks at, at Central Acrobat Little League Complex that day. So you're fortunate, sir. Very yes, cool. I know. I, I, two shots to the face. Um, <laughs> I got the scar that was funny because I, I showed my kids a couple times, especially my my middle daughter. She's seven. And she's like, what happened to your head? And I tell her, and she just looks at me like, she can't comprehend that happening to somebody. <laughs> she's probably smarter than both of us. But Most likely, yes. Right. So we, um, if I hadn't talked to you about this already, I am planning on down the road doing a whole separate one of these on our 92 District 8 first-time champion team. Fantastic. And That's I've reached fun. out to, uh, of course, my father and your uncle for the coaches. Um, you know, I'm curious when I do get Greg on here how much he's going to really tell me. Because the things I want to ask him about are the things that none of us would really know about I heard later on in life. <laughs> right. Well, be, be a journalist, sir. Ask the tough questions. That's right. Um, and hmm. I talked to Chad about this because Greg was messaging me back and forth and told me it was Billy Wagner we, we, hit, or we played against in that tournament. Now, Chad says it was his brother. Uh, you have any input on that? Because I don't remember. I, you know, I wouldn't know uh, at this point. You know, like I, I know what I was told, and I, I remember hearing that at the, at the game that right. this kid was really young and he was already, <clears throat> you know, really heavily scouted and. Yeah, he diced us up. Yeah, I mean, we were we were fifteen. <laughs> oh, oh, we were fifteen years old. I was even younger than that because I was one of the two like rookies. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm certain that it was. I mean, it, maybe he has, you know, a brother that can also throw the ball ninety plus miles an hour when he's fifteen. I. I don't know. Yeah, um, I've yet to look it up. But uh, I know that whoever that young man was, he uh, crammed it in our cram holes. So, yeah. <laughs> to say the least, he yeah. certainly did. Yeah. So, some things that I'm going to give you credit for. Oh. That when I think about being exposed to some things. Um, I've got a short list. First one on my list is Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice, yes. You came out of the gym at Marion Smith Middle School. You would have been in eighth grade. I would have been in sixth grade. Right. And you had those – it's funny because you had those big Sony headphones that are now today in style. But right. this was – I don't know what years. This is like 93, 4, something like that. Something along those lines, 92, 93. And you, it was you, and it was Heather Parker was next to you. And you walked up to me and said, listen to this, and put those headphones on my ears. That sounds right. That yes. Sounds like and I remember story. thinking to myself, whatever that was, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure that was 92 because that – I think that – or at least I was listening to it then when we went to that – 
that tournament, that that District Eight tournament. Right. <clears throat> I think the the two or three like most heavily played songs at the time was Vanilla Ice, uh, Ice Ice Baby. Um, then it was the crisscross song with the kids who dressed backwards, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, and Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> like, like, if you weren't rocking those three songs on the Eastern Shore of Virginia in 1992, I mean, do you even music? I mean, I don't know. Did you, uh, let me ask you this. Had you ever gone to the boat races at Sandpiper Cove when they were having them? I did. I went once, and it was a tragic story. I went with my father, actually, um, who took a, a bunch of us down there. Uh, like, there are a bunch, and I don't even remember the kids that went. <clears throat> but the one time that I went, I was upstairs in that room where the pool tables were and the ping pong, you know, whatever else was up there. And someone had like uncoiled a, um, a paper clip, like, like just pulled it into a straight right. piece of wire. And, uh, and I stepped on it in that room in my bare feet and it, it, uh, just, drove into my feet the same oh. thing. Like, like yeah like blood everywhere and of course <laughs> i freaked out you know i was like this is not happening <clears throat> and uh and that was it i got taken taken back home and that was that was my one foray into the boat races i think i never went again because i was like i was a superstitious kid and i was afraid that like something else bad was gonna happen get hit in the head with a boat oar or something well i brought it up because you mentioned achy breaky heart and i don't know that it was the first time i had ever heard that song but my memory tells me about the time I was at the boat races and uh, a little man was driving around in Donnie Williams' blue truck. Remember that truck that had all yeah. the extra stuff on it? Absolutely. Doing laps in Sandpiper Cove, which in essence was a trailer park in like a very small like boat launch marina type thing. Jamming Aching <clears throat> Ricky Hart so loud that you could, you could hear it from anywhere. And he was just doing circles around around the trailer park just uh, jamming it screaming out the window and just <laughs> going crazy. I, I detect no lies in that story sir that <laughs> sounds as plausible as anything else that we'll talk about this evening oh my god <laughs> made me laugh but yeah that that whole place down there was was fun because it was on the water and they had an in-ground pool down yes, there did, yep. like a little uh, arcade area and you know like growing up on the eastern shore of virginia at that time and especially living in, and mostly for me, you know, I was just down there most of the time in Deep Creek. We had nothing like that. So, so you would do whatever you could do to like hop in a, a vehicle like that with anyone to go down to Sandpiper Cove for a day. Yep. You could jump in the pool and play some video games and play some pool. And it was, you know, the greatest thing ever because we just had nothing to do. Nothing to do. That is, <clears throat> think, correct. Yep. So one other thing I have on my list of uh, of things I give you credit for. Last oh one is Zima. <laughs> I get the credit for uh, for introducing you, you to Zima. You get the credit for that one. Now I have on this piece of paper I'm looking at here four different locations of places I woke up in your car after drinking Zimas. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about them. So. I've got your grandparents' driveway. Yes, that sounds plausible. Schooner Bay. Oh, uh, yeah, that's definitely one. Uh, there was some apartment in Only we were in one night, and I don't even know whose it was. I just uh, remember there being a bunch of people sleeping everywhere 
and us being there for a little bit and then eventually got in your car and went to Schooner Bay and slept in there again. Hmm. And then one time at South hmm. Mackinac. Now, I don't think we did all this in the span of one week. <laughs> but that's kind of how I remember it because I came back from New Jersey to spend one week on the shore at Dad's. And then it turned into two weeks and three weeks and four weeks. And eventually I didn't go back. <laughs> so That's right. I forgot about that. You left and went <clears throat> back to New Jersey, what, for a year? Yeah, it was my freshman year in high school. And so then you came back the summer after your freshman year <clears throat> to visit okay. only was supposed to be for one week to, to visit for a week okay yeah that 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 makes sense that probably was that week we had okay. so much fun that week i remember at the end of the week i just called north and i was like hey i'm gonna stay one more week and then one week <laughs> went by i'm gonna stay maybe a couple more weeks and then we got to like it had to be like close to the end of july when i remember dad was like well what, what are you doing and right like uh i ain't going back how about that well, I don't know. Right now, <clears throat> I would I would have to say that I'm a bad I was a bad influence because uh, I'm throwing vanilla in retrospect. I mean, at the time, I was I was obviously exposing you to a whole lot of awesomeness, <clears throat> but in retrospect, it kind of seems like uh, you know I was just a an ass bag of a friend. Well, I'm gonna uh, I, I'm pretty confident in saying this statement, whether it was Eastern Shore, <clears throat> New Jersey, Kentucky. Uh, Germany. I'm pretty certain I'm getting into what I was gonna get into. It didn't matter where it was. <laughs> right, right. No, that I, I remember most of those things. Um, you know, oh, Zima, Jesus. Um, <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, it was just the wrong or right time, however you want to look at it. Um, you know, it, it, and the crazy thing is, you know, at the time I considered myself, you know, just a good kid, right? You know, just I was like. <laughs> I'm a good guy, right? I had that, you know, perspective. And, uh, you know, now looking back on it, you know, it's just like, uh, and I, you know, I'm sure that whomever might be listening to this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was responsible most of the time, but that week, certainly we were not. Yeah, so. you just blame it on the shore. That's it, yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. Yeah. Uh, I, I have some recollections of those of those few nights though, but, but only a couple, <clears throat> I have zero idea whose apartment and only that could have been, I have no idea, but I think I know where it was. <clears throat> um, I do remember uh, going to my grandparents to sort of crash. And uh, you know, as I sort of got squared away and found the key and got the door open and got everything straightened, I realized that you were nowhere to be found. <laughs> uh, and uh, you actually, you actually didn't quite make it to my grandparents' driveway. Heck, uh, no, I was down. I was all fours in the middle of the street. Yeah, we had a man down <laughs> uh, down the street. <laughs> yeah, I see. I don't even remember going in there that night. I thought we, I thought I didn't get past your car, but then... well, the uh, the interesting thing is, I think we did. But you know, my grandparents' house was, you know, it was it was great for them, but you know, they weren't living in anything, any sort of sprawling sprawling house so you know if they were in there um and we were in there that was a crowded house so i think we probably split from there and wound up at schooner bay so let me ask you this if i if i said to you who are you giving credit to like which person gets credit for coming up with this idea that the cool thing to do was to steal your friend's shit and then go back and show everybody else like look i stole this from 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 scott who, who get it i'll because i want to say it's chad but i don't know <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, isn't it amazing? Like just the garbage that we did. In D3. <laughs> I mean, out of sheer boredom, right? Like it's it, it's it's the only thing that it can be blamed on is sheer boredom. <clears throat> and yeah, it, it became like sport to steal things from you know our buddies down there. Just just like take stuff and, and just be like, look, I got this. Most of the time, it was you know like baseball cards or you know like little innocent things. Yeah, the baseball um, cards were when that was now. I won't mention names, but there was there was some of our brethren that would take your shit, and then later on, when you were playing cards, would like bet it against you, and then swear <laughs> to Holy Christ that it's not yours to begin with. Accurate, yeah. yeah. Those those were that, yeah. Um, that 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 did happen. I it was I I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Chad. So I'm I'm gonna guess that Chad wouldn't um wouldn't deny that either. I think that, it'd be that's either. the kind of humor. That's the kind of humor. Yep. That Chad had. We just we just blame that. it all on him. I think it'd be fun. <clears throat> That sounds good. That sounds right. <laughs> so I don't – you have to fill in a couple of the pieces here, but sticking on this uh, topic of, of stealing your friend's stuff, <laughs> I tried to leave your house one day with a remote control, a picture <laughs> off your wall of – I'm pretty sure it was the Bass Brothers, Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. <laughs> and then there was something else in there, but I couldn't remember what it was. It was a big-ticket item, and I just remember you – at the door because of course I'm at your place and I'm like all right let me get all this stuff and then I'll go back home and show Chad and everybody they think it's funny and you knew, a, you knew better it was a video game it was a video game for a console you didn't even own <laughs> that's just that, dirty what the hell that was the best part that was the best part like yeah these are all just like trophy that's that's why you knew that they were just like trophy steel yeah I didn't you know? need any of that shit I was gonna go <laughs> right, back and be yeah. like look what I did yeah look what I got and and all I remember is like I don't know if this is the way it happened or not, but you know, my mom, uh, my mom came like, I think my mom came and like gave you a big hug or something at the door as you were leaving. <laughs> that was loaded, son. And all this shit just <laughs> fell out of your coat. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I know that's how it happened. Cause I remember my mom looking at me like, what in the ass yeah, is like, going, what on, is this right going on here? Why does he have a picture <laughs> off your wall? It's in a frame. <laughs> why, why does he have your remote control on your TV? It's Chad's fault. Pretty much, yeah. We're going to go there. We're going to blame it on him, that's for sure. So uh, <laughs> sticking to your your mom's house. Um, yeah. it, she could let – now, I should say, uh, I should give my mom uh, a wide-open invitation to this because she really could fill this whole airtime up with stories uh, about you in particular. <laughs> Well, that's uh, on her own. Just, on, just of her own. They would have nothing to do with me. Just, she uh, and if you listen to this, uh, Miss Wanda, you're a saint, and thank you for taking care of me because I don't remember sleeping on your bathroom floor, nor do I have any recollection of eating this whole cake that you have said I have done. <laughs> well, uh, the evidence was uh, pretty overwhelming, sir, on the cake, <laughs> uh, and I'll tell the story on the cake. So. Um, it was coming up on something, uh, some sort of holiday. I don't think it was my birthday because it was sort of uh, cooked this three-layer white cake with like rainbow sprinkles mixed in. Mixed in that is my favorite batter. flavor. Like so. it, was, it was just gorgeous, <laughs> but she had just made it when we got there. And, you know, we like, of course, I like lifted the lid going, hey, what's up with this? And she was like, I just put it there. You can't have any until it cools, right? That was the whole thing. And we were like, you know, it was late. And we were like, well, I guess we can't have any until tomorrow. 
And uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure if I had a dream about that cake that night or not, but but probably I probably had some sort of fat kid dream about the three layer cake in the kitchen. Uh, but when morning came, much to my chagrin, uh, there was no three layer cake in the kitchen except crumbs, uh, which my <laughs> mom was showing me, and then uh, on the floor in my room was our host uh, with, with <laughs> white icing and sprinkles like all over your face, like just all over your face. And, I, <laughs> and my mom and I, we weren't even mad. We weren't even mad at it. We were just impressed that you ate a whole damn cake. Like that was just impressive. I'm going to tell you that I, I don't remember. I, I do feel bad about <laughs> ralphing on your that floor was, that might have been the same night i mean that was. i remember I, you had like cake. a little yeah you had a little like small rug there for some reason and i just remember looking at it and i just <laughs> i did like uh adam sandler and uh was that big daddy where he just puts yeah. the uh, newspaper on yeah. top of the vomit walks away it was one of those scenarios but i'll be honest with you when i think about that cake the only thing i can think of because i i don't i've never eaten that much cake in one sitting in my life Along the lines of we're talking about like stealing each other's shit. In my mind, I probably right. thought to myself, well, this yeah, would be funny. I, I, I'll eat I this think whole that cake. Might have been absolutely part of it. That 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 would make more sense to me than the fact that you were just so hungry for cake. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's like, <laughs> okay, what makes more sense here? <laughs> the fact that Chris just had a hankering for an entire three layer cake, or you know, he just wanted to uh, to stick it to me. And have a uh, and have a good story for the for the <laughs> fellows back down in Deep Creek. Yes. Well, once again, Wanda, if you're listening, <laughs> thank you for not throwing me out in my head. You should have, by the way. So we're talking about uh, cruising around a little bit and kind of getting into some mischief and some trouble. Uh, well, if I asked you, what was your favorite spot on the shore? So the the schooner bays of the world, the Burton yeah, shores uh, of the world. Which one's your favorite? Man, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with both of those. That was probably see that's that's the other kind of crazy thing about being on the eastern shore of Virginia. Growing up on the eastern shore of Virginia is. You know, and it, especially if you've traveled the U.S. or you know traveled the world or whatever at this point in in our lives, you like when you find a place that's like pristine and on the water and in nature and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there's there are hotels all around it, and you have to pay money to even look at it and all that kind of stuff. And we grew up with it everywhere. We grew up with little you know little docks and little you know, turnarounds and, and little spots where you could sit and just hang out by the water um, for free. Like just because that's just where you lived. And it's, uh, and I think that's the, when I think about the Eastern shore the most, and I haven't lived there in a long time, but you know, I'm there often. Uh, when I think about growing up there, that's one of the amazing parts, right? It's like, uh, man, I could go sit down and, and look at a million dollar view for free as a, you know, as a kid with my, with my friends, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially now as you get older, you start thinking about, well, how do I get some real estate near those places? And now, you know, it's next to impossible. Uh, but growing up down there, especially Schooner Bay and Burton shore, um, you know, Schooner Bay was a spot that was close to my grandparents' house in deep Creek and Burton shore was a spot that was close to, you know, my house, uh, living with my mom and, and, uh, later on my stepfather, uh, you know, it was close to there. So depending on where I was, 
um, and what was going on that night, you know, those two spots were definitely, definitely my favorite, not just because of proximity, but because just how, you know, awesome they were. Yeah, those are, those are, I think, the big ones out of the two. And, of course, Schooner Bay, for us, or for me anyway, um, later on became, you know, really my number one yeah, choice because yeah, it was close that, to my that house. Was, <clears throat> that was a, you that was a slip big down there and, and slip and, home. And, and, you know, you know it's, it's still amazing. It's still amazing to me as I think about, you know, all that stuff is, is yeah, we could we could go out to a place where everyone was and just say, hey, let's all go party down. Let's all drive down to this you know, this dock or, you know, this, this, uh, dirt road down on the water, you know, you know, and just hang out with each other and party and have fun and do all sorts of crazy things. And, you know, we'd be doing it in a place that if you, you know, tried to buy that same real estate in California would cost you, you know, a few million, a few million dollars. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be yeah, for sure. I run into this a lot, and I guess it's it's just a product of getting older. But uh, I run into this a lot too with my time in the military, being overseas. Like you think about it, you're like, yeah, I just hung out in there all the time and drank Zimas and got all wrecked up and trashed. <laughs> and now you look back at it and you're like, dang, it was a pretty like pretty cool spot. Like I don't even know what it costs to buy a house down in Schooner Bay. I, my guess is like four or five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it's um... say it looks, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's well, you're right. Yeah, I mean, as far as those dollars go, but you know, you you uh, you just don't think about it when you're when you're that age, when you're the age that we were, sort of running around and having fun. Um, you know, whatever whatever that was, fifteen to seventeen or uh, fifteen to eighteen, something like that. I think I came back after my freshman year of college and basically did the same thing. Uh, <laughs> same thing same second verse same as the first you know but uh i've told the story like the general story to a few people over i mean over the last 10 years even when i was in the navy about how a 20 dollar bill would be given to somebody and we would get a 12 pack of natural light and there was not any discussion about like change or any of that just a just a transaction of yes we know you're ripping us off but yeah, we'll take just, it i guess uh <laughs> paid for services rendered uh you know I, I, i'm hoping there's a statute of limitations on uh on buying or you know drinking drinking underage but uh <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty much part of the course I, I i think uh there were at least a few fellas driving around four corner plaza uh which was pretty hip place on its own um that they that's how they supplemented their income was uh I was going to say, yeah, you, I mean, you think about right. it, you could easily make you a hundred bucks if you wanted to go through the hassle right. of going back and forth. Right. To the yeah, store, you hand but... off 20 bucks and, uh, and get, you know, six pack of whatever the cheapest beer was at the time and, and, uh, no change. Yeah. It's capitalism at, at its finest. At its finest. And I remember feeling like there was no concern whether or not like you were going to run into any issues like with the cops or anything like that until the night. We might have gotten stopped, and I opened a certain car door, and mm. about ten yeah. bottles fell out of it. Yeah, those things would would happen occasionally. Uh, I know there was I know there was one time where the town cop and only, uh, you know, sort of nabbed one of maybe might have been you, <clears throat> red handed. Yeah, no, it was me. He asked me how old I was, and I said, I said 16, and he said, you ain't a damn, he said exactly this, you ain't a damn day over 14, come on out of the car, and then I opened said car door, 
and it sounded like uh, somebody had just deposited the recycling because it was just the sound of bottles going ding, 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 ding. And he basically right, was like, right. Jesus so, Christ. Uh, <laughs> here's, but, but so that's a great story because here's a, here's a good example of how living on the eastern shore of Virginia – <clears throat> maybe you maybe maybe it's like this in small towns all across America. You know, I, you know, maybe or it was. I don't. I know it's probably not now. But uh, at that moment where that happened, um, someone nearby, one of the one of the girls, and I can't remember who it was. I can't remember what that situation was. Um, one of the girls that was in my class said something to the town cop. Was basically like, you know piss off don't you don't you have like something better to do or like don't you have like some, right. some real crime to fight or whatever and i think if i remember this right again this 30 years ago uh the town cop had a thing for her or her younger sister or something one of her sisters younger or the older and, and, and like that so that was the thing like like she was like why don't you just piss off and so there he is. He's got, you know, you dead to rights and probably me dead to rights, you know, and to protect his uh, love interest and the, you know, and the older sister, <laughs> he's like, uh, why don't you boys just uh, go on home? <laughs> yes, sir. I remember. Yes, is, is that's, that right? that's pretty I mean, much exactly how it happened. Now, that, I think that's right. There was another time that I got, I got stopped and nailed and I was in a car with some other people. You weren't there. And, Dave, there was there was more stuff in it. We all should have went to jail. I'm just going to leave it that way. And everybody just basically got off scot-free. And it was just another one of those examples I remember feeling like, knowing at the time, like, this is going to end real bad. And 20 minutes later, I was at a right. party. Like, just say, nothing uh, that happened. Yeah, just the, the way it happens sometimes. I know. But I, get, I guess that's the product it, of small-town small living. Uh, I don't know if that's a product of growing, you know, those kind of things where everybody sort of knows everybody and knows their people. And, you know, there are all these kind of interpersonal relationships that aren't always known, but, but most of the time they're known. I, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily unique to the Eastern shore of Virginia, but it certainly uh, shaped some things I'll say in my life, because had I gotten in serious trouble for anything at that age, uh, there were a lot of things that would have gone south for me that that ultimately didn't and uh and right. kind of helped me move you know along the way move my life forward so I guess I have to be grateful for uh super grateful for for growing up in that that sort of environment now four corners plaza i my guess is that today with just technology because when we were romping around like that we were just getting to the beginning of what we know as cell phones so we were doing the pager thing for a while i don't even know that four corners plaza would even be a place you go and, and meet people because if you just can call somebody or text them now there's no point yeah in going absolutely to, the, to four corners not, uh, to cruise it wouldn't be a thing now and I, I don't know if it is or not i haven't gone to do any uh reconnaissance but um yeah we we, we didn't even necessarily need it i mean the pager thing was a godsend when we were that young, you know, from a technological standpoint, you know, you, you had a pager where somebody could hit you up and say, Hey, you know, uh, give me a call so we can figure some things out. Um, that was, that was super good. But right. four corner Plaza was, I, I mean, it was such a weird thing that it was famous. I don't know if you, if you recall this or not, but there were t-shirts about four corner Plaza 
that would be sold um, not just on the eastern shore of Virginia, but other places because, you know, there were news stories about it. Like you would know, you know, this is how kids get together on the eastern shore of Virginia. You go to Four Corner Plaza and you ride around in your cars in a circle until somebody gets the organizational skills put together to uh, <laughs> to say, oh, let's go to Burton Shore and party, you know, party all night. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think right now, if you went to Four Corner Plaza, you'd be driving around in circles. Well, it would be a damn out there. Nobody's going to get their blinkers twice at you to get you to stop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this place is going to be empty. So, um, if you will, tell the uh, podcast audience a little bit about what you have going on oh, with um, uh, Lime Juice. So, uh, yeah, kind of a, kind of an odd thing that, that I have gotten into here just in the last couple of years. So um, I always enjoyed, you know, when video games came around, we were young in Deep Creek, you know, when we played sports, obviously, but when the weather was bad, that was kind of a godsend. You know, we would have some video games to play. And uh, I always enjoyed that, even though I, I didn't sort of stick to them as I got into my teens. Um, but it's obviously a thing now, gaming and, and esports and all that kind of stuff is a uh, is a, a big thing globally from a business perspective, and it's big dollars and that sort of thing. So, some uh, some friends of mine and I got sort of got a bright idea and started putting together a company that that is uh, investing in games, video games, and and uh, just gaming in general, and created an esports team, that sort of thing. It's it's not anything that I ever would have thought that I would have been involved in. Just you know maybe three or four or five years ago, but it's, uh, it's actually pretty fun. We're, right. we're finishing up a, a fighting game that's going to come out on the Nintendo Switch. We're working with a development company that's that's uh, going to be putting that out. Hopefully, we've had some crazy delays with uh, the stuff going on with coronavirus and some other things, but uh, hopefully that will be out soon. And uh, pretty fun. That is super cool. That is almost like my dream job. It, if you had told me in 1996, 1997 time frame that, look, don't worry about going to college. You can just <laughs> right. be a gamer and just play video games as your job. I would have dropped everything. Right. And, so where do I the sign The crazy thing is, uh, and, and, and I don't know that I wouldn't have been right behind you with that, but the crazy thing is you know, we have several people who are, are prof- they're just that. They're professional gamers. They play for us. We pay them a salary. Um, and I have to say, you know, while it may not be a physically demanding thing, um, th- these guys practice their games uh, sometimes 12, 14 hours a day to be, you know, where they are. And, uh, and it's pretty amazing. That, you know, I have to give them credit for that. And uh, they're really good at what they do. So. So if I was going to say to you, Give me what you would call your your top three characters from Deep Creek. So I get, from I get our, our time up down there. Oh, my God. Yeah, give me your uh, top three. Let's see. So I have to sort through uh, Deep Creek. Um, people from Deep Creek with names like Egg and Mo Sam and Diddy Mouse and uh, – uh, <laughs> By the way, real quick, you brought up Diddy Mouse. Uh, one of one of our friends on Facebook just reposted that Eastern Shore news article. Oh, when it him went in the, in his the truck. 
Yes. I saw it yesterday yeah, that, that, that last. That is a very good one. Um, is that still a mystery? Like, is that still, like, I know that was a thing for a long time. That used to be the talk down at, uh, at Shore. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if they have solved that <laughs> Well, or not. I can tell you there are a few people who know the answer to that, one of whom you named earlier who you might have on this show. Uh, maybe you'll ask him. Yeah, maybe you'll want to ask him if he uh, has the details on that mystery. I'm sure he yeah, definitely. I'll have to. So do that. yeah, three characters from Deep Creek. Three three people from Deep Creek. Three people who were just characters who were funny people. Um, you know, were people that I really liked being around. Yeah, in any in any form of fashion, if, if one of them that I would put would be obviously <laughs> right, right. Mr. Denson is uh, an interesting guy all around. I mean, bless him, he's still around, still kicking. Uh, my mom saw him not too long ago. He's uh, just uh, an amazing guy. I mean, so I guess you know he's still maybe weightlifting. Well, I mean, I know he was a champion weightlifter for you know however long. And... Well, when I asked Chad about, he brought him up a little bit. I was asking Chad about how his dad Dicky got into lifting weights and all that, and um, you know he said that that weight set that Pig had in his yard. That's how his dad got into it. And uh, Chad was talking about like like Pig was not only like a, a lifter, but he was an Olympic lifter. So he was out there doing you know snatches and squat snatches and all that. And I just find it absolutely amazing because I can see him bench pressing with chains on the bar, but I right. can't see I, him doing Olympic lifts. I, I couldn't tell you. I I, I um <laughs> I, I met Mr. Denston when I was very young. Right, so that's one of the crazy things about deep Creek, right? Is you, you're, you're five, six, seven, ten years old. And you're meeting this cat, these, this cast of characters who are waking up every morning and making their living, going out on boats and just killing themselves mm -hmm. to make a living. And they are characters. They're just, and you, and you, it's almost like that was the entertainment. You know, when you're that young, it's like you don't need TV. I can go down to Chick's store and listen to, you know, Mo Sam and Chick and, you know, whomever carry on. I mean, but, it was right. it's a reality show. I mean, it's it's what it's popular today. I mean, the hell with Jersey Shore. Right. You just have with, a reality right. show called with, Chick's with Store. All these guys, um, you know, so three, three characters, I, you know, he was. Chick Williams was sort of a, I mean, he, well, he owned the general <laughs> store down there. Right. So he was sort of a focal point. And I, and I spent a lot of time um, down there and in that store and just around there. Um, and he was just a lot of times two different people. Like if you would be down there and just, there'd be nobody around, you know, he would talk to you and be nice and, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and it was uh -huh. all good, you know, but if there were people around and, you know, he was trying to work and you were messing up his mojo, it was on. Like he would tell you what was up in a heartbeat. No, and he didn't care your age, color, creed, nationality. He, he was equal opportunity with the hate. Like he would, he would just hit you with it. Well, yeah. And I remember walking by there and it would be the conversation. It would go one or two ways. We'd be walking by to go play basketball or something, or somebody would say, Come on, let's go right. in there and get Chick going. And then it was seven of us rolling right in there just to get 
get, get him going, talk about the Patriots, <laughs> talk about this, talk about that, and then get him all charged I, up I, so he starts firing F bombs. I would almost always be the per- the dissenting opinion in that group. Being like, no, that, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Let's not do that today. No good is going to come out of that. As a matter of fact, you might be hitting the ass with a butter knife before, before you leave there, like a fillet knife. Like, there was no telling. But that was, I mean, I, I say Chip because, you know, he sort of at least had the venue where all these other people would, would come, uh, you know, to, to chat and talk. And, you know, as a young kid, that's, I, to be honest, that's where I learned about how adults talk to each other, which, you know, is probably good or bad. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's up in the air, but that, that was it. Like that, that's where I was hearing a lot of, hearing a lot of grownups talk, you know, it with, you know, I had a mom who was, you know, busting her butt, you know, single mom to, to raise me and was out, you know, working. And, you know, I wasn't sitting around in my grandparents' house down there because there was nothing to do. I was out there, you know, running with you guys and hanging out at chick's store most of the time. And do you remember uh, Popeye? Chad brought him up uh, when I when I had him on the podcast about a week or two yeah. ago, and I'd kind of forgotten all about him because he was he was older. But he when I first my grandparents first moved down there, we would go visit. You know, he lived in that, mm-hmm. that brick house on the corner, right? It was a brick house, I believe. Um, but I just kind of forgot about him because since then, I think they've built a bunch yeah. of stuff where on yeah. that property where it was. Um, but yeah, like the, the just the nicknames, names for everybody, like Chick, Popeye, Dicky. Yeah. Man, did you, right. nobody had a name. It was it didn't it didn't matter your name was you just were were something. And then like for me who moved down there, no, at first nobody knew who I was. It, I just got called right, everything. Right. I well, he called, called me all kinds of things too. My family had been there for 150 years. I, you know, I don't know. He was he like I said he was equal opportunity with it for a while. But that's you know that that's what was great about about Deep Creek. Like a lot of people will look back on their neighborhood, you know, growing up and and say oh it was it was a click you know amongst the people that were their age but deep creek was a click right amongst people at every age it was because you lived in deep mm-hmm. creek um because you were set apart from everybody um geographically you know like physically once you passed a certain turn you know you were down the neck you were in deep creek and if you lived down there it was almost like a club and i think like looking back on that that's that's sort of the the really cool thing about it. Um, and you mentioned you mentioned Man Man Williams, he was really one of my favorite people ever. Like, I, yeah, he was always just mine as well. Yes, to me, um, you know, he was he and my father were you know really good friends. But you know, I I I saw what you saw, which was he was that way to everybody. He was always happy to joke with you and didn't care how young you were or anything like that. He would, you know, he would stop and talk to you or, you know, whatever, see how you were doing and that sort of thing. He was definitely one of my favorite people down there. Yeah. You know, he, my first trip to four corner Plaza at night was driving his S 10 with him and my father in it. And I just had my permit. That was it. So I could drive with somebody with a license and to say that him and my father had a few. Aboard <laughs> they weren't exactly responsible chaperones. No, no. And then, so the man was like, go, go out here at Four Corners, and we're driving around, and I'm, like, scared. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, man, like, they're all loaded up. Are we going to get arrested? And he's, pull over here, Bo. Let's talk to these people. Pull over here, Bo. Let's talk. And eventually, they get me to pull behind Four Corners Plaza so sure. they can go to the bathroom. 
And you better believe, guess who came a rolling back there? It was the old only <laughs> cop himself. Now, at this point, well, I'm pretty much like petrified because the two of them are like, oh, the hell with him and all this. And I'm like, good gosh, what is happening to me right now? And he, they let us get out of there. We drove back home. But that was like the what I remember, like the intro to me of Four Corners Plaza because I wasn't yeah. doing any of that stuff. That's that's when I realized and learned a little bit. Like, oh, right. this, this is the place this, everybody this goes is to the meet cell up. Phone of our of our age, yeah. And to to go back, what you were saying about like the club down the Deep Creek um, example that uh, Donnie Lee's mom one day fronted me the money <laughs> to get the tow truck to pull my dad's S10 out of the ditch going out of no man's land because oh, it yeah. had snowed. Man, it snowed bad. And of course, I get the brilliant idea. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go All spinning right. tires and go rooting around. I got past that church, headed out no man's land. Within 20 seconds, I was in the ditch, stuck. So I had to walk all the way back there. She she gave me the money to pay for the tow truck and didn't ask me nothing. Didn't say, when am I going to get paid back? None of that stuff. And I, you know, I told my dad and paid her back. But that was one of the times I felt like that. Like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I'm a knucklehead, but. These people down here will at least yeah, look out for you. So that's, that's a good man. thing. And uh, there were a bunch of us knuckleheads running around there. Um, yeah, it was kind of a unique time for, for Deep Creek also when we were, you know, sort of down there running around is there were an awful lot of kids, awful lot of boys um, running around down there, which was kind of an interesting thing. Like if, if there were girls that, in that age range, whatever, 12 to 15 or 16 in Deep Creek, you never saw them. And probably for good reason. There was a bunch of us. Oh, geez. Little, you know, a-hole <laughs> boys running around Deep Creek. I mean, there were enough to, you know, when we would go pull the all the guys from Chess and Essex, we could have 11 on 11 football games. Yep, we could have that is basketball crazy when tournaments. You, think about it. you know, I mean, in that, in that, sparsely populated area the fact that we had all those you know boys at around that age i don't know what was going on down there uh you know during that time frame but good god <laughs> i mean i appreciated it we could come down there and have you know five on five basketball i was in heaven you know yeah it was it was a letdown i can remember like on a saturday for example if we'd only be able to play two on two basketball it was like letdown I can remember feeling like this is bull. This is bull crap, man. We need to go to Schooner Bay. Let's go to that. Like it wasn't enough because you'd have those times when, like you said, we'd have full yeah. on eleven v eleven, and uh, yeah, it was yeah, it was it nuts. Was um, were you so? Were you there the day when um, one of our cohorts went head th- first uh, through the fence yeah, post at Hubert Yard when playing football? Um, yeah, <laughs> that was the, playing football. <clears throat> so. Football in Deep Creek, I'm and you know, obviously I'm preaching to the choir. Um, you know, at the time, you know, we, we were like nine, ten, eleven years old. You know, you were one of the the smallest kids, but the fastest, right? So you had a fighting chance when some diabolical shit was about to go down on the football field. <clears throat> you know, yes. you know, like when run away, when you get in the huddle, and the and the person calling the play would would say, "Hey, Chris, take two steps forward and turn around." And would say it so loud that the person who really <laughs> wanted to hit you on the other team could hear it, uh, but didn't want to make it look like pass interference or a cheap shot. You know, they didn't want to do that. so. So, like, right, you know, those kind of things would happen. And like, you know, the smart, the smart ones or the fast ones, like you, could 
could get away from that kind of nonsense. But the ones who weren't so bright uh, or the ones who weren't fast enough, bad things happen. Bad things happen. And it was you said it. It was it wasn't even right because just like you said, it was openly like your own teammate. I'm getting ready to set you up right, bad, and right. you're gonna get your head knocked off. Just like right, I mean, come right. on, it man, was, that's pretty really, bad. That, that, <laughs> all of that was really like social warfare. A football game in Deep Creek was like social yep. warfare. I mean, it was like chess. It was like you were playing chess, but you might get thrown through a fence playing chess. You know, it was like uh, that kind of stuff. Well, you brought up my speed. I remember the first time I played what y'all oh. call John Riggins yeah. tournament. And it it was, you know, oh, here, you have to run five times at the goal line. Okay, yeah, good. I don't remember who I was paired up with, but I get the ball, I run towards the goal line, and just get obliterated. Yeah. Like, just smashed. And then quickly I was like, yeah. okay, I need this to run around sucks. people, not yeah, through them. I, you know, that's, those things <laughs> were the – I mean, those were the things that pe- that we had to come up with down there to, like, have fun or do things interesting. Or, or then it became sort of like who can come up with the most ridiculous plan – to see if we can, you know, smash Chris's head in today or, you know, or Scott's head in today, you know, and, and so for people who were faster, you know, that was the idea. Okay, well, let's play this game and name it after a running back who runs head first into everything. So, so the rules will be situated <laughs> where they won't run around. They have to run at you and we accomplish our goal. Like that's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. I haven't been able to figure out which one of the games was worst. I mean, why don't you tell me? Bottle Wars oh, or Pain Knuckles? Uh, I mean, I don't even I, – I can't even fathom. Like, I, I look at my children and I think to myself, if the, if you guys started playing either one of these games, <laughs> right, I think I would, like, drop kick you. Uh, okay, so I think that even Pain Knuckle was so so ridiculously stupid that I wouldn't play. Like I, I think even at, at 11 or 12 or 13 years old, I, I had developed enough brain cells to be like, that's freaking stupid. I'm not. Yeah, you're just smarter. Damn sure smarter than I was because I played right. many so, games of that. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I was involved in a bunch of stupid stuff, you know, that ultimately nearly got me killed, like wrestling trivia and goofy stuff like that. And Bottle Wars was equally as stupid, but I think probably my thought process was, well, you know, I can throw, um, you know, so maybe I'll be better at this than other people. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I forgot about the fact that I was uh, an easy target. Um, but to be fair, I don't think anyone ever got hit in Bottle Wars. So I'm going to go with that was a stupider game to run around the marsh and throw glass bottles at each other that's definitely stupid uh, more stupid than the other one yeah there's 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 zero right, but the other one i don't think that, I played, zero so, so i don't know i don't know how to i don't know how to call that one <laughs> i'm pretty certain i'm gonna blame <laughs> that, that all on right. chad too because i the pain knuckle and slapjack that was all him i do remember it was me and him and my father one night and and god bless my my father for partaking in any of <laughs> he this was stuff. always a good sport he was always a good sport and I, I couldn't remember it exactly but chad had it we had you know the you've seen those giant plastic combs they were like yes. clown combs you could buy well either i like snapped it on his nose or raked <laughs> it across the bridge of his nose 
And all I can think of is if my son did that to me right now, I would drop him dead. in a, in a second. Yeah, but he was uh, he was always willing to get that in there the and, truth, and right? get yeah, dirty I have to with hand us. So. It to uh, to he and to Greg, uh, my uncle, you know they uh, they put up with far more shit than they ever should have from from our group of of hooligans down there taking us to all over creation and hanging out and making sure we stayed out of trouble and those sort of things. You know that I've only been to Ocean City, Maryland twice. One of them was after, uh, Mm -hmm. let's see, was it a prom? My senior year, junior year prom. The other one was Greg. You, me, and him piled into that little truck he had, and we went to Ocean City. And the only thing I remember we did there was get french fries. There is one other good detail about that trip. Uh, uh, What is it? Share it. Share it with Uh, us. So I guess – this was after you had this was right after you had done that year back in New Jersey, right? The the, the ninth grade year in New Jersey. <laughs> so, I know where you're going. So, uh, I'm not sure. Perhaps the New Jersey educational system has gotten better since then. Um, but at the time, uh, I remember you were sitting between us and we were riding uh, up across the Maryland line. And there was a sign that pointed to a couple different places. And you looked at me first and asked if that was the place where they have that big wall. And I had absolutely no <laughs> shitting idea of what you were talking about. I was like, what? Uh, and I remember you asked Greg and Greg just started shaking his head. Like not, not to say no, but just like, dear and, and then what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I, like I just remember that you whispered to me, Berlin. Is that town where they? And I was like, no, no, that's in Germany. Uh, I, I can't deny any of that because it's all true. <laughs> that's you know what I don't remember anything about the Thrasher's French fries from that trip, but I do remember the Berlin. <laughs> Oh, damn, I forgot all about that. See, <laughs> this is why this podcast idea Maryland. is magical. I don't know if they've had any uh, racially charged walls being built since then, but they didn't have one then. So, uh, Are you I sure about that? Maybe while, they so built we'll one. Have go, we'll have to go check. Let's go have some practice. <laughs> so the two of us, I believe, could carry on for the next 10 hours, but I'm going to – I'm gonna. I want to bring you back for a second episode down the road, but right. I'm gonna let you get out of here after this one. All right. Kind of a two-part question. So, we're playing basketball, we're playing football, we're playing home run derby, whatever it is. Who's the first person Ooh. you're picking for your team? Oh. Okay. <clears throat> so, it depended on this. It depended on the sport. If we were playing baseball. Um, when I was really young, when we were playing, if we would play baseball, it would be CL Courtney. Cause he was, he was the first right. older kid to show me like some things, you know, about, about, you know, hitting outside of what I'd learned in my backyard. So CL. And then when, when I got a little bit older, um, if it, if it was baseball, it was you. I was, cause you could throw and you could catch. And that was more than a lot of kids. A lot, a lot of us could do down in deep Creek at the time. Uh, if we were playing <laughs> basketball, it was Donnie Lee Williams. 
And, uh, th- you know, most of the time that, that, that guy could, like, he did things that were sort of Harlem Globetrotter-esque. They weren't exactly like, you know, Bob Knight, Indiana fundamental basketball. <laughs> he had, he had like basically, right. what I, he, it's the Euro step. Exactly he was, was Euro step in like the early he 90s. invented the Euro step <laughs> and nobody's given him his due, his, his due credit for no, no we were all like, like that's traveling he's bitch. Like, no, that's <laughs> fighting over that is, so let's take it out. You know. <laughs> uh so so he was a lot of times my uh you know, my, my first pick on the on the basketball court. Uh so sometimes like when we would play home run derby, I would get Chad because I didn't I didn't want him like I didn't want to pitch to him anymore. Like I said, like I said earlier, he would always hit me all over the field. Right. So, so Chad would sort of be, you know, my, my number one and in, in hit home run derby and trying to hit, you know, tennis balls over electric wire, you know, quote unquote home run derby. Um, and then a lot of times when we played, when we played football, I would, I would pick Jason, Jason, because he was just, you know, one, you know, after when we got older, like 14, 15, he was one of the bigger kids and he was already playing, you know, you guys were already playing like football out there. So a lot of times I think you were the quarterback yes guys i i mean just like before at john Riggs tournament i was still smaller but i wanted no none of anybody smoked that was much bigger than me because <laughs> right. i was tired of getting trampled there were jason jason williams the, um, just like you know we were close to the same size so we would always say if we could be on if we could get on the same team oh you know we're gonna we're gonna smoke some people so and i and i brought this up with with chad mr wilkes and made it quite clear i was upset by the fact that when we would have scaffold matches, I would get thrown off his roof <laughs> and everybody would just quit at that point. See, I, like, that ain't right, like, man. <laughs> like just now you're catching on to what the plan was. Oh, yeah. It only, uh, what, you know, 30, 40 years later. Yeah, I got the plan. All right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so blame it on him as well. All right, so the last question for you before we get you out of here. Do you yes, recall do. Chad's scooter that he owned? <laughs> I Were you not, present and accounted for when I drove it through his dad's screen door? You were not. Yes. So, in essence, what happened was I was sitting on it, and I started it, and Chad went in the house to get a ham sandwich, whatever it was he was going to eat. And it was on the kickstand, and I accidentally knocked it off the kickstand and was just so freaked out oh. and never been on anything like that before. I had it, the throttle into, all the way down and literally they, drove that fucker right inside, through that like screen door. And I'm, oh, okay. Well, no, he had it out on that deck. So I go through his screen door.